Gary is, how long have you been at The Rock? Almost as long as JR. Almost as long as 28, JR. 28 or 29 28. years, something like that. Yeah, we've been wow. here a long time. Wow. Yeah. So Gary's going to, we're going to continue on this giving thing that we were in on, on Sunday, and he's just going to lead us through the scriptures uh, in giving, and then we're going to break up into small groups, and we will we'll talk about this. And if we just have a few groups, and we, that's fine, but let's, let's engage with this. I just want to pray over Gary before he speaks. Mm-hmm. Lord, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you for the history he has with you. I thank you for the testimony that come from him and Phyllis's lives, Lord, before you. I thank you for the encouragement that he's been in my life since, uh, since I've come on staff at this church and came into the family of the rock. And I just ask that you would grace him, that you would give him power. And I pray that you would open our hearts to what your word says through finances and you would just reshape our thinking concerning uh, our stewardship of what you have given us in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Forty-five. Forty-five. I've got twenty minutes. Think I'm back to work at the airlines. <laughs> well, as you uh, may remember, uh, Mike talked about two aspects of stewardship last Sunday. One is uh, paying down your debt, striving to be debt-free, and the other is was uh, giving with no compulsion to give. You know that we don't have any compulsion to give. That was under the law. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, and share some scriptures on money and God. <laughs> but the first thing I want to do is share with you something that that I practice as much as I can, and that is, uh, I'm, I'm reminded that in Psalm 24, the Lord says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Psalm 50, verse 10 and 11 says, every beast of the field is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains and everything in the field is mine. And in Haggai 2.8, he even says, the gold and the silver is mine. So we know from Scripture that everything belongs to God. We like to think of ourselves as owners, but I want to suggest that we're not owners. We're stewards. And uh, I, I try to keep that upmost in my mind, especially when it comes to giving. But, uh, you know, we have stewardship over a lot of things. Money's just one of them. But uh, with that in mind, I want to share with you some scriptures and some thoughts about money and how we make it, how we handle it, and how we uh, give. So uh, let's talk about making money. Does, does the Bible say anything about how we're to make our money? Well, yes, it does. Exodus twenty three twelve says, Six days you're to work, but on the seventh day you shall cease from your labor. Proverbs 10, 
3 through 5 says, The Lord will not allow the righteous to hunger, but he will reject the craving of the wicked. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. And finally, in the Old Testament, Proverbs 14.23, In all labor there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. (laughs) God has a sense of humor. Now, in the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians 3, 7 through 12, we read, For you ourselves, this is Paul writing to those at Thessalonica, for you yourselves know that You ought to follow our example, because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with labor and hardship, we kept working day and night so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Not because we do not have the right to do this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you. We used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now to such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. And finally in 1 Timothy 5.8, We read, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So it's it's clear that God wants us to work. And in fact, that's the way we make our living is honest labor. Remember, even in the garden before the fall, Adam had a job. He was to cultivate and keep the garden. So way back then, there was work. And just as an aside, I I hope that all of you are blessed. I know many of you are, that you have a job that you like. I'm retired now, but I had a job I loved. I'd love to get up and go to work. And I hope you share that blessing too, that whatever you're doing, you love it and you you go forth uh, eager for the day. Let's shift a little bit and talk about handling money. Once we've made it, how do we handle it? The first point I want to sit, I want to uh, speak to is: uh, Do you need it or do you want it? If you're talking about something you want to spend your money on. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So God has promised to meet our needs, not so much our wants, although he blesses us, and that's his heart, is to bless us. And uh, so many of us even get a few things that we want. It's above our need. The second point is to Count the cost. Luke 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's talking primarily about 
the cost of discipleship. But he says this, For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So part of handling money is to count the cost of some of the things that we want to do. And I want to, I want to uh, encourage you, if, if any of you don't use a budget, to start practicing that. Phyllis and I have been uh, operating on a budget for 25 to 30 years. And it's uh, after you get used to it. You know, they say it takes a month to get a new habit going. So we've got this habit. Now I, I can't function without a budget. You know, it's, I'm not like the federal government. You know, I've got to have a budget. So it helps me keep track of where things go. Uh, the third thing relates directly to one of the things Mike said on Sunday, and that is we want to pay down the debt of the church. And each one of us should want to pay down our debt as well, as much as we're able, as much as the Lord allows. Because uh, Proverbs 22, 7 says, the borrower becomes the lender's slave. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be anybody's slave except Jesus. I'm his slave, and that's, that's as far as my slavery goes. Proverbs twenty two twenty six: do not be one of those who become guarantors of debt. That's, you know, don't sign for somebody else's debt because it'll be yours probably. And Romans 13, 8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. So the, the scriptures are clear. They teach live debt free. Fourth is our stewardship. And I'm not going to read that whole parable of the talents, but you're familiar with it. Part of handling money is wise investment, planning ahead uh, as the Lord leads. And certainly two, two out of the three that the Lord gave the talents to did just that. They invested it wisely and they were blessed because of it. And the one who didn't, didn't make out so well. Uh, let's talk about giving now. And I want to read Proverbs eleven twenty four through 26, what I think is a key passage as far as giving is concerned. There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due and yet it results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous and he who waters will himself be watered. He who withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. So the idea, the principle there is, is scatter your money, sow it like seed, and it bears fruit. That's a kingdom principle. Let's talk briefly about the tithe. I know that's a that's a key word when we start talking about money. Uh, 
Let's talk about from Adam to Moses. The tithe is mentioned. Now, the law hadn't come yet, but you remember that Abraham gave a tenth to Melchizedek when he came back from the wars. So the tithe was under grace at that time and is a pattern for us because of that. From Moses to Jesus, they're under the law. And Numbers 18, 21 through 24 says, To the sons of Levi, behold, I have given all the tithe in Israel for an inheritance. In return for their service, which they perform, the service of the tent of meeting, or the temple. For the tithe of the sons of Israel, which they offer as an offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levites for an inheritance. Therefore, I have said concerning them, they shall have no inheritance among the sons of Israel. Now what that means is that they didn't inherit any land. When Joshua led the people into the promised land and he started doling out property to the tribes, Levi didn't get any. And it was by God's command. They were to stay in Jerusalem and minister at the temple. The the tribe of Levi uh, was given the responsibility of uh, worship of temple worship and the sacrifice, sacrificial system. And in uh, Numbers 18.26, I found a very interesting verse. Even the Levites tithed. Did you know that? They received the tithe from the rest of their brothers, but they tithed too. And uh, in Deuteronomy 26, we're told that every third year of the tithe, the tithe was to be given. You remember that uh, the Levites were given cities to live in. They were assigned cities to live in. They got no land, but they were assigned cities throughout the kingdom. So every third year, the tithe went to those Levites in the cities. And it was to provide for them and the strangers and the orphans and the widows in those towns where they lived. So God had a, quite a system going. He covered everybody. We could talk a little about God's welfare system, but we don't have time tonight. So. But let's talk about the tithe now from Jesus till now, till the present. As we already mentioned, the tithe is just a pattern. But Matthew 6, 3 and 4 says, When you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your, fa- the, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. You remember Jesus was contrasting what we should do versus what the Pharisees were doing. And the Pharisees were making a big show of what they were giving. And Jesus says, don't do that. When you give... Give secretly. God knows what you're doing, and he'll reward you. Matthew six nineteen through 21, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break into steel. But store up your, for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Here's this key. 
for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So every now and then, what I like to do is do a heart check for me. You know, I just check where my heart is because wherever my heart is, that's where my treasure is too. Matthew 7, or Luke 6.38 first, it says, Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And here's the key to this verse. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. So in one sense, uh, you know, whatever we receive is proportioned by God to what, what we give. Matthew 7, 1 and 2 speaks very similarly to that. But this is about judgment. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the same way you judge, you will be judged. And then he repeats it. Uh, By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. We're to give cheerfully. And uh, Mike talked about this. I'm just going to read two verses from 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. Where it says, Paul says, Now he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Lastly, uh, as far as our giving is concerned, I'd like to emphasize that... uh, God wants our first fruits. In other words, he wants the first of our fruits, and he wants the best of our fruits. And he'll honor that. He'll bless you for it. Uh, There are some examples in the Old Testament where that wasn't the case, and and it didn't turn out too well for those that brought the the, uh, offerings, substandard offerings. I want to close with, uh, with a verse out of Malachi. Uh, if any of you are still troubled by talking about money and, and you're, not, you're not sure about all these things that God says about how we'll be blessed if we, if we do it his way, You remember that Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness, he answered Satan, you shall not test the Lord your God. Now that was a quote out of Deuteronomy. That was under the law. However, there is one aspect of your life where God invites a test, and it's money, (laughs) believe it or not. In Malachi 3.10 it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if, you, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. So I find that interesting, that we're not to test our Lord. We don't put him to the test, and yet he says, when it comes to your giving and handling money, test me and see what happens. So that's all I have, and it's just about 45. So I guess we did that 
in about the right amount of time. So as we get into our groups, why don't we talk about uh, stewards versus owners? Have you thought about yourself as owners? I know I did for a long time. But uh, now I think of myself more as a steward. And uh, what, about, uh, what about your giving? Where's your heart? Do you, do, you, do you do a heart check? Do you operate on a budget? Uh, you know, just, just talk among yourselves about some of these points that, uh, that God raised here in these scriptures.